0: even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. The dream is made real. Ricky Hatt rocks the world. How do you like it? How do you like it? I wish I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over.
1: Welcome back to the Big Fight Reaction Show on BTR Boxing Podcast Network. I'm Sean and I'm... Joined, as always, by Chris, who's back on, who's a regular mainstay on the show. Chris, it's great having you back on. I say it every single time. I don't know why I do, because you're becoming a regular fixture on the show, and it's really great that you are stepping in, and you're coming onto the show and, and assisting in the absence of Johnston. Well, he's busy doing all our series-based content. You're here, and you're giving some really good perspectives on everything. And we covered this fight. Five- that we're going to be talking about in this episode and you know we've had some phenomenal feedback and actually phenomenal numbers which is a a conversation I do want to have during the course of this episode about how this fight in particular has gone past boxing fans in general and actually attracted non-boxing fans into it but before we have that conversation Chris let's get into the meat of the episode which is of course The fight and the outcome, Tommy Fury wins on points. A split decision, two judges going for Fury, one judge going for Jake Paul. We were chatting last night while it was happening. Now we're here to talk about it. What is your initial reaction and your reactions to the
0: aftermath of what's happened since that fight? I enjoyed the fight, to be fair. I think right at the tail end of our episode when we were doing the preview, I said... Let's just sit back and enjoy it and enjoy it for what it is. I kind of went into the fight last night with that attitude. And I've read many different reports today in preparation for our chat where people were saying they were disappointed by it. It was two novices. It was messy. It was this. It was that. Of course it was. That's what it was always going to be. You know, it, it was really, it wasn't necessarily two professional boxers as such. It was two guys who've built the the profile and built it well on social media and one of them had boxed for longer than another, and that showed last night so I went into the fight you know we didn't know how to call it between the pair of us because we didn't really know that much about either of them so we went for Jake Paul in the in the preview we got it wrong you know so be it you know we didn't really know anything about either of them but take it for what it was It was actually a decent little novice fight. Yeah, there was bits of it that were messy. There was bits of it where both guys showed that really they didn't have a great deal of ring craft. You know, Tommy Fury was better. He was a deserved winner. I had him winning uh, 76-73 after the two points deductions on either side and the knockdown. But, you know, he boxed quite well at times, Tommy Fury. You know, he, he worked out at, at certain points. His jab was working and connecting and he followed it up with a straight right hand. There was a couple of times where he did that three, four times in a row and probably showed his naivety because he was he was in the pocket there and it was predictable what he was going to do at times. But Jake Paul, you know, couldn't get out of the way of it at some points. When you looked at him, his style was a little bit different from what we'd all expected. And even though Jake Paul had fought a number of times before, as we highlighted in the the preview, it was against boxers who were you know, not necessarily boxers. It was boxers who were basketball players or boxers who were MMA stars. So, you know, his six victories, this was almost like, in some respects, his debut, where he was actually fighting a professional fighter. And you could see it. He didn't know how to cut the ring off. He didn't really know how to respond at times to to what Tommy Fury was doing with his jab. His defence was was very odd at, at times. But he showed that he knew his way around the ring. He could protect himself. His right hand looked quite well you know when it landed a a couple of times and obviously he got a knockdown I don't know how you felt about the knockdown Sean but you know I actually believed Tommy Fury when he said he was slipped but there was still a punch landed so you've got to call it a a knockdown but I took it for what it was I thought it was entertaining I don't think either guy's a world beater and I don't really think either guy will raise their level you know but uh, I enjoyed it yeah I'm going to say it I enjoyed it well fair enough that's, that's that
1: you know what 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 else did people expect out of this fight chris i think that's the thing that you've got to kind of be realistic about this it's like people that followed this fight maybe people that are not so much avid boxing fans like ourselves maybe did expect it to be greater than what it was because they are coming at it from a completely different perspective as to what we was we're a bit more highly critical of, of fights and fighters because we're doing this constantly we were involved in boxing constantly all the time so we're going to be more highly critical of it. And, and, you know, you're right in what you're saying. It was two novice pros and they couldn't help but highlight that multiple times on commentary last night. And fair play to them for making sure that they did highlight. If you was watching it on the BT Sport feed, they basically said that it was novice pros, novice pros, novice pros. And that's fine. I'm glad that they did do that. I didn't watch the other feed, so I don't know what the Americans were saying about it or how they were, uh, their perception of this was, was going down. I've not seen anything about that or I've not heard... Anyone's opinions on that, but when I was watching it, I understood why they kept on talking about it. Why the likes of Anthony Crawler and Carl Froch and Denzel Bentley were all saying the same things, highlighting the fact that this was two guys necessarily that, if they didn't have their fan base that they did going into this, they probably would just be fighting in a small hall leisure centre somewhere. But because they've got this fan base and this following, it's what's made it into this huge event. Now, the fight itself was exactly as I expected it to be. It was messy. There was spoiling going on. There was clash of heads. There was fighters not putting the foot down when they could have done. There was fighters not knowing what to do when they could have done it. And it's exactly what I saw in the fight. And I watched this last night with my wife, who's a massive boxing fan as well. And the first thing she said to me is, this is a pretty crap fight, isn't it? And I said, well, this is what it was meant to be. It wasn't meant to be this this huge toe-to-toe war. You know, it wasn't like one of these big British fights like the Ben and Eubanks or even the Frotch and Groves type of fights. It wasn't meant to be that. It was meant to be what it was. It was just the celebrity status that comes with it, which yeah. has turned it into this big circus uh, and big hype for people that are non-boxing fans that tuned into it. Now, I'm quite highly critical on the whole YouTube scenario of, of like Misfits Boxing, for example. I'm really not a fan of that. Something like this last night is, I dare to say it, it was actually good for boxing in a way which it brought other non-boxing fans over. When you get something that brings that type of mainstream crossover where it brings fans from other sports into it, that potentially then might become fans of the sport in general and then end up tuning into all of the real stuff within boxing, all of the legendary stuff within boxing. Then for me, that's not a bad thing. Mm. Like there's a few guys that listen to this podcast, Chris, and I'll give a shout out to one Devon, Devin Dowling from America. Now Devon is a massive wrestling fan. And he's only recently transitioned over to become a boxing fan by picking up our podcast and all the series-based stuff that we do. And he's still learning about boxing and the history of boxing. And, you know, he was quite hyped for this fight last night. And, you know, the first thing he did was message me last night after the result and said, oh, you got that one wrong, didn't you? And I was like, well, we can't get it right all the time. And, and we didn't know what to expect for these two guys getting in the ring. And some might say, it, you know, it was disputable there's people that are still saying that i mean i don't think it was i agree with you chris i agree with how you had the scoring for this fight but it certainly left a appetite for a little bit more out of these two and i think that's kind of what my point was about this to devon was that actually this could go again and still do just as well because they're both still in a position where the learning and another mm-hmm. fight with one another is still another learning fight for one another and the fact that they've just made a hell of a lot of money off it, the pair of them, they're not going to not want to do this again. Of course, they're going to want to yeah. do this again. If someone if someone turned around to me, and I got myself into shape, and I fought guys that were transitional fighters from different sports, and I, I amassed a little record, like Jake Paul had done, and I actually got a little bit of skill behind me, and then someone comes along and says, look, do you know what? There's a rivalry here. I'm going to give you 25 30 million, to put this fight on in Saudi Arabia, am I going to turn around and say no? Absolutely not. I would have said, yeah, snap their hand off for it because that money is life changing for the pair of them. Even though Tommy Fury got nowhere near what Jake Paul got, supposedly he got around 7 million, and even that money is life changing for him. He could stop boxing now, he doesn't have to carry on. You know, I feel like Tommy Fury, as a fighter, has been forced into this sport by his family because of the reputation of the family. And I get the feeling like from meeting him and from other people I know who have also met him, they say he's just a really nice guy behind the camera and away from the celebrity stuff. He's just a really nice guy. And a lot of people have said the same thing. I feel like he's forced into this sport and I feel like he's forced to become a boxer when in reality he probably doesn't really want to be a boxer, but he's forced into it. And last night was an example of the pressure that he's probably been put under over the past couple of years by outsiders, probably people inside of his circle, wanting him to beat Jake Paul so badly. The guy was in tears, man. The guy was in tears. And this was, this was a novice pro fight. You don't see yeah. this in the central area. You don't see this in the southern area in the UK. You don't see any of this type of stuff until it's significant. But for them, it was significant. Going back to this then, And going back Mm -hmm. to this whole event, Chris, and going back to how this played out last night and the aftermath of it all now, do you think there's going to be appetite to run this back? And would you watch it again? Would you be interested in watching it again?
0: Yeah, I can see your wife's point as well, and I can see other people's points who said that the fight wasn't good quality. You know, I agree with them, but it's all about levels. And and as I said, myself and you, we talked about it and we just said, sit back and enjoy it for what it is. We didn't promise that it was going to be a world beating contest. We didn't pr- promise that these two guys would go on to win world titles and world honours. You know, we just said it's two novice pros, you know, going out and dare I say it, having a fight and seeing who's best between the two of them, making a lot of money. It was what it was, it was intriguing, it was interesting it held my attention for all eight rounds because you were thinking are they going to get any better? Is Jake Paul better than he actually looks? Because he actually looked very poor at at certain points in the fight and then again you thought the same about Tommy Fury, is he going to get any better? Can he put his foot down as you said and move through the gears because at times he looked like he was able to get through with the right hand so could he actually force Jake Paul into a situation where he could get a stoppage? So the fight was intriguing It's not a fight I'll go back and revisit and watch again. But it was intriguing enough that if they did have a rematch, yeah, I would probably watch the rematch just to see if anybody's actually made any improvement. Jake Paul's came out, obviously, and he said, you know, I, I was injured. I've had uh, an issue with being sick in camp a couple of times. I've had an issue with my arm. Is that a factor? Did that play a factor in it? Could he improve? Could Tommy improve? With the confidence, as you correctly say, he's not necessarily a born fighter as such. And he does feel like he's been manufactured into it. And even his body shape looks like not a traditional boxing fighter's body shape. So has he been forced into boxing The name weighs very heavy on Tommy Fury, and I think that's why we've seen all the emotion last night after the fight. So, And he can be rightly proud of himself because here's a guy who's only 23 years old. His brother's a heavyweight champion of the world. People are expecting him to be a Fury And he just isn't in terms of his style, his punching. So what he actually did last night was carry the weight of the world on his shoulders, probably the Gypsy Traveller community weight on his shoulders as well, because if he'd have lost, I'm sure he would have had, you know, ridicule within certain sectors within that own community. So I I actually think that he did very well and handled himself well. And he actually spoke very well after the fight. Both of them did. There was no excuses from either of them. They congratulated themselves and, and, and moved on. But for me, I kind of moved on as well last night. And one of the things which you highlighted there, Sean, you mentioned the Misfit Boxing and Carly Sutherland, you know, putting on cards in the UK, putting on cards in America. I have no interest in that whatsoever. You know, we seen on Saturday night as well, the return of Floyd Mayweather to the UK. He'd never fought here before, but we always remember him when he came over for Ricky Patton's press conferences and his multiple tours. He played out in an almost empty O2 arena, there was a farcical um, undercard as well where one of the female uh, contestants, I think her name is, I've never heard of her before, but I think she's called Tommy Lee, fell off her stool in dramatic fashion at the start of the second round before a fight was stopped. You know, that is what misfit boxing is, what celebrity boxing is to me. It's, It's pantomime. It's stuff which doesn't necessarily ring true. And I don't want to see it continuing because at one point someone will get hurt. It is a dangerous sport and it's a professional sport. And it's also taking opportunities away from other people to make the headlines. If, if we keep moving into this pantomime of celebrity boxing, you know, the, the opportunities for the real fighters who, who work in for three grand a night or working for six grand a night become less and less. Conversely, they could also become more opportunity if they're fighting on an undercard or if the opportunity goes to, to to fight abroad on one of these cards they could actually get more money than they might normally get i just don't like it so you know personally that that that's that's my opinion i don't like celebrity boxing and i'll probably not necessarily watch another one after this because to me these guys are just that they are celebrities they are still crossing over they are novices Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. And where would you take them next? You know, I would say to them make as much money as you can in boxing by fighting. Who will ever make you as much money? Then get out of the sport. If we can call it the sport, you know. They're talking about them fighting KSI. They're talking about him fighting his brother, Logan Paul, for Tommy Fury. They're talking about Jake Paul fighting um, Baddy Jack. Just keep away from that. That should never happen. You know, it's... Yeah, I think they've found a place. And their place is as crossover stars. And they, sh- they should stick to a little small circuit of celebrities rather than trying to transition into the the proper pro game. I don't think we'll see very much from either of them and i don't think they've got too much development left Um that's my opinion
1: it's a very good opinion it, it really is and and i think what i see from this as the future of uh, of this sort of celebrity boxing per se is when you've got people like a floyd mayweather who who can go and do these exhibitions in well a really empty Arena, Which it what it was. It was terrible. Uh, the pictures yeah. going around social media were, were pretty farcical. And, and, you know, for someone like a Floyd Mayweather, it's pretty sad, really. And, and he obviously wants to do what he's doing. But the fact nobody wants to bother going watching a guy who is, love him or hate him, a bona fide boxing legend. And yet nobody wants to go out there to watch the guy because... The rest of what they present there is just so poor. People might have their own perception of, of what he is now, which is literally just cashing in on the fact that he could probably come back to boxing and beat the majority of people within that welterweight division or the super welterweight division now. I think he certainly could do that if he came back, but... He's happy to just take these fights against these unknown people. I mean, some of them are known to, to some people, but like yeah. to me, they're just relatively unknown people who have come up in a certain way and have got a little bit of notoriety in whatever it is that they've done. And yet, you know, Floyd picks them, he fights them, he beats them, he makes it look easy, he takes a lot of money away with him. Fair play, he's got a real hustle going on there. I mean, is, is, is he damaging yeah. his legacy? Some might say, yes, he is, but it's not like they actual competitive professional fights they're all exhibitions we know what they are it's the same as when Tyson came back and fought Roy Jones Jr a fight that was meant to happen in 2003 and it didn't and and these two guys you know they had this desire to get it on Tyson had this desire to to, to do that one more time and it looks like Tyson's going to leave this alone now he's sort of got that that thing out of his system by the sounds of it and he, he's happy with that now fair enough but when you start to really force this type of transition of these platforms down the throats of boxing fans, it becomes a problem. And it becomes a problem because you get the younger, uneducated generation of boxing fans that actually consume this and think it is the best thing since sliced bread. And that that's where it becomes a problem because then you start to really convolute what the art form of boxing is all about and, and the reasons why people enjoy boxing for what it is. And that's to see someone perform an art, which is the art of hitting and not getting hit. And for me, that is what boxing is all about. That's the artistry of it. What's happening here is you're getting literally Joe blogs from down the street, round the corner at the local takeaway being put in a ring against someone else with very limited experience put onto a show streamed on a major platform across the world and being presented to boxing fans as a card, as a as a legit card. All that they're doing is they put in two relatively well known names at the top of the card, maybe from the YouTube world, maybe from other reality T V shows, and going, actually, yeah, these two names will sell and whatever we stick on the rest of this card, it can be a crock of crap. But people will still buy it because of the two main eventers at the top of it. So what yeah. all, all that's happening here is there's a loophole within boxing and promoters and people involved with these outfits. And these are very well known names as well that are involved with these outfits, respected names. They found they found a niche and they found a way to basically make money rather than trying to work their asses off to promote a show with a load of prospects on, genuine prospects who work their asses off to get on them cards, rather than lose money on a show, which is what happens to a lot of small hall promoters in the UK, they would rather go and do something like this, grab whoever they can to throw in the ring and then make a hell of a lot of money in the process and like you said, Chris, it's the people, the genuine hard-working fighters that have got the talent way beyond the people that are going on these shows and are actually suffering as a result. And that's always been my problem with it, is these guys are suffering. Now, yeah. I wanted I wanted to mention something. i seen a post today by Tony Jeffries, uh, Olympian, obviously ex-professional himself, and he was talking about how people like ebony bridges and people like jake paul and people like tommy fury what they've done to get themselves into their positions that they're in is they've built a brand now what tony's talking about in his little video that he's done is uh, boxing now is about brands and you've got to build this brand Uh, and you could be a relatively novice fighter who will never go anywhere other than an area level or british title but if you build that brand big enough whether it be through posting raunchy pictures on social media or whether it be YouTube videos if you build that brand high enough you will get yourself into a platform which has facilitated what we've seen last night so that is another conversation I wanted to have like yeah. at, at, at which point does does that become acceptable and the social norm for this sport?
0: Yeah, well, it is. And, and the fighters that you've highlighted there, they've done exactly that. They went away, they built their brand, you know, regardless how they've done it, they've got people's attention. Doesn't make them a great fighter. Also, doesn't make them necessarily ticket sellers in the sport because someone like, say, Ebony Bridges, who has got a, a big social media following and she's now on OnlyFans, she doesn't necessarily sell tickets for events and she's still on undercards and she's our, our, our biggest performances have come by you know, um, being on undercards of say Josh Warrington in Leeds where she's kind of adopted Leeds as a football club now she adopted that football club by having a poll on Twitter if you remember, you know, which football club she I support, she was looking to jump onto the bandwagon of something that was already established, very clever marketing from her and a very clever way to do it but she's managed to establish a name, become a world champion, make some money, but she'll probably make more money from OnlyFans than she will from boxing. And 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 for her, you know, I would imagine if she got beat, you know, that might be her done with boxing because as we say, she can make more money from, as you say, taking her clothes off or or posting herself in, in skimpy underwear. I suppose one of the things which we we must discuss as well is, you know, I feel quite disappointed in the the Sutherlands for actually going on with Misfit Boxing. And they almost seem to have turned their back on what they were doing with Wasserman and what they were doing with Eddie Hearn at Matchroom and they were working in conjunction with them. You know, the Sutherlands, even though they're British, had a, a very, very good business model over in Germany. They brought through people like the Klitschkos, Arthur Abraham, and now they've just went for the cash grab because they don't have any boxers who are relevant in the actual sport of boxing. And and that, to me, has been quite disappointing to see how they've actually just transformed themselves into, into money men within this celebrity sector. You know, it is it, what it is. You know, for me, as I say, I'm a hardcore boxing man. I love my boxing. I love the history of boxing. None of these guys we're going to be talking about in future 10, 20, 30 years down the road So, you know, we embrace them while they're here. We've embraced this fight. We've talked about it. But as I say, for me, I'm probably done with celebrity boxing now. And uh, I'm happy to park it and leave it where it is. Don't blame you. I really don't blame you. Well, we'll go away from celebrity
1: boxing for a moment and focus on the chief support fight to the Tommy Fury and Jake Paul outing, which was Alungu Makabu versus Badu Jack. Now, that actually turned out to be... Uh, uh, an overly ex well and uh, i was not expecting that fight to be as good as it was that's what i'm trying to say and whilst i'm stuttering at the same time i'm trying to say that fight was actually miles better than what i anticipated it to be And Badu Jack made a little bit of his own history there by becoming a three-weight and a three-time world champion in the process. And he actually looked really fit and strong for 39. Whereas before, we were talking about this in in the preview and off air, he looks quite laboured. And we're thinking, yeah, he's he's coming towards the end of his career quite clearly here. But there's a little bit of life left in him. He actually gave Makabu Uh, a hell of a night and Makabu gave him at times a hell of a night but ultimately it was was Badu Jack that came through and stopped Olunga Makabu in the 12th round in what was a really good entertaining back and forth fight what did you think about that Chris, was you happy with that did it save the integrity of the card if there was any integrity on the card because it certainly did for me and I wasn't expecting it to be that good
0: yeah, I think it obviously was the, the fight of the night for the boxing purists, and as you see, Paddy Jack put on a hell of a performance In the preview, you know, we're thinking he's 39 years of age. What's he going to genuinely have left? But we also forget, you know, Maccabi himself was no spring chicken. He's 35 years years of age and he'd held on to the WBC title. So he he was a good world-class opponent. But what was interesting, as you say, the minute that they came out, Barry Jack just looked different. He looked different to how he looked against Richard Riviera, where I thought he looked quite fleshy um, and he, he looked very, very defined. He looked toned. He looked big at the weight. So he'd obviously been working on becoming a a proper cruiserweight because, as we'd highlighted before, his his glory days were at light heavyweight and super middle. So to to, to be 168 pounds and look great and trim as he did at super middle, to then step up and be 199, you know, he actually carried the weight very well. But it was an intriguing fight, and uh, again, a fight I really enjoyed. And what you could see there is, is Macabu was was very slow and laboured at times. He was quite predictable, and and Baddie Jack, I thought, just made him work. You know, there was times where Baddie Jack was just sitting waiting to counter, and he countered so beautifully against uh, Macabu on Sunday night. It made him work for every minute of the, the, the 12 rounds it went. And even though at times it looked like Maccabi might have been getting through to to baddie Jack, you know, I think baddie Jack was always in control. He always had a game plan. And him and his trainer, Jonathan Banks, I think, executed it to perfection. Because what they just waited for, Maccabi coming in, throwing maybe a labour jab to the body or a, a, a body shot left to the body. And the right hand from baddie Jack was always there to counter him. And and the timing of it was exceptional, and in some ways it kind of reminded me a little bit of a, an agent James Tony who would roll with his shoulders and then firing a a right hand when you weren't expecting it. You know, Maccabi was out of range at times and Barry Jack at that age was able to, to close it down and, and land with the counter right. And as I say, he was making Maccabi work all the time because Barry Jack was taking the outside of the ring. And now some people say, oh, that's going to tie you out. But he wasn't throwing a great deal of shots in some of the rounds. He was just waiting for Maccabi to keep following him and following him and following him the counter. And and I think, they, as I say, they executed the game plan to perfection. And when the end came, you know, it was it was a fantastic sequence of punches to actually put them down, and and it was just so well deserved. And I actually thought, you know, for for thirty nine years of age absolutely made up for you, third WBC um, belt which he now picks up um, because he was previously WBC at super middleweight, he won the WBA at light heavy and now he's just won the WBC at cruiser, so yeah, I I was made up for him but I just thought it was an educated performance and he really, really was, was, um, you know, he really perfected how to beat a southpaw And, and I think that if anybody wants to see how you fight a southpaw, that's one of the fights that you could reference in the future.
1: Yeah, I agree. It was a good fight. It kind of saved that integrity of that whole card. I mean, I, I watched a couple of the other fights. I'm not going to go into too much detail of them. It was quite an early night in the few of them fights anyway, to be fair. Uh, it looked like it was going to be quite a disastrous night at one point when all the fights were ending pretty quickly. Uh, but ultimately, we were there to tune into Jake Paul versus Tommy Fury. We did. We enjoyed it for what it was and we now look at what potentially may happen between the two in the future, which the likelihood is these two will probably get it back on again, and it'll probably make a hell of a lot more money, and people will be intrigued to see this fight again. Where they go from here, who knows? But ultimately, what we got was what we expected in some ways, but maybe other people didn't in others, and I think what it's, it's key to kind of highlight as we, as we come to the close with this show is, like, look, Don't always believe the hype with fights. Don't always believe the hype with people because it doesn't always turn out to be what you expect it to be. And this fight last night just showing us what... Me and you, Chris, know as boxing fans to be two novice guys going in the ring against one another and actually showing us a little bit more of what they've got and what they haven't got. And ultimately now, it's about like if they're both serious about continuing on their careers, they've both got a lot of work to do to get somewhere. If Tommy Fury wants to be a world champion, he's got a little bit of work to do. If Jake Paul wants to continue in boxing, he's certainly got a little bit more work to do before he could actually be respected for doing this i'm not so sure he will be around forever i genuinely feel after seeing that last night and seeing his performance seeing the lack of some of the fundamentals i think he is literally in this to fight big named reputable mm-hmm. people get as much money as he can and cash out because let's be honest does you really, really, really want to be in this sport? Because you must be mad to actually want to go into boxing. You must be mad. There's, there's not many people that just want to go into boxing. A lot of people use it as a way to escape a terrible environment or a terrible upbringing. And there's people that go in there because they've been bullied as children. There's many reasons why people go into the gym. Not many of them are for the sake of the fact that you just want to walk in a gym one day and you want to get punched in the face. The reality is, who wants to go to work to get punched in the face. Not many people, that's for sure. So, someone like Jake Paul, I think, will maybe have one or two more fights within boxing. If he really is serious, maybe we'll see a little bit more out of him. But, ultimately... We got what we kind of expected. The right man did win on the night, which was very important uh, to see the boxer, the boxer from the boxing family, actually win, which was which was good. And I was happy. And I actually thought maybe it could have ended up being a draw, which wouldn't have surprised me in the slightest. Which is, I was what I was texting you last night. I was saying there's a drawing coming here because I genuinely expected yeah. that this sort of thing would happen. So yeah. yeah, I mean, I'm 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 kind of I'm I'm happy that that chapter's kind of closed for now. If it happens again. Would I really be enthused by it as much? Probably not, because now we've seen it, there's nothing really for me to sort of think, actually, there's something else to be excited with here. It is It is what it is, and it will be what it always will be. And it'll just be down to the fact that there is obviously a viewership and a consumption for it as to why people do want to tune into this type of... Well, t- I don't say type of sport, but type of actions within this sport that we love so much. And I think it will happen again. But my worry is the whole convolution of what other promoters are now trying to do to it. That's the worry with it. But for this, Chris, we got what we got. Uh, We enjoyed it for what it was. uh, And ultimately, the right man won on the night. And, you know, we can walk away from this now knowing that we've covered it. We've given our thoughts, feelings and opinions on it. And maybe, maybe once more, we'll see it again. So that is it for this particular episode of the big fight reaction show Chris will be joining me again for next weekend's big fight preview. We've got Lewis Ritson versus Ohara Davis and Brandon Figueroa versus Mark McZio. Back to the real boxing it is for the next episode. We'll be back in a couple of days' time. Please make sure, as always, if you have enjoyed this reaction show, let us know on social media at BTR Boxing Pod on Twitter on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube. And if you want to comment and share on TikTok, please comment and share all the audiograms that we stick out there. We do genuinely appreciate it. If you want to subscribe and listen to the podcast directly, you can do that by checking us out on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, Castbox, Podbead, any available podcasting app out there you can subscribe to us on. This week, the Dark of Boxing returns with the latest episode in season three. Who is Roberto Medina? Well, go and listen to it and find out. He's certainly one hell of a story indeed. That is it for this episode. Thank you very much, and we will be back later this week. The dream
0: is made real. Ricky I was 50 years younger and I'd kick your ass. It's over!
1: Mamma mia! He's done it! Anthony Joshua defeats Vladimir Klitschko! Uh, let's get ready to rumble! Sports Social Podcast Network.